Welcome to War Stories. I'm Preston Stewart, and this is a show where we talk about America's military history through the lens of individual acts of heroism and valor. Enjoy. Today, we're going to talk about the first Medal of Honor to be awarded during the 2003 War in Iraq, or the War in Iraq that started in 2003. Sergeant First Class Paul Smith would be awarded the Medal of Honor for actions on um, 4 April 2003. Um, He was serving with Bravo Company, part of the 11th Engineer Battalion, serving in the 3rd Infantry Division. Now, the initial phases of the war in Iraq were, um, it was it was a rather traditional fight. So it's easy to think of the insurgent forces and the car bombs and the suicide attacks that we would see later in, in Iraq. But at the, the outset of the conflict, which at this point, you know, started towards the end of uh, the end of March, and we declared Baghdad fallen on, I think, April 12th. So we're talking just a, you know, less than a month. That window and for a little while after, it was a rather conventional fight with tanks. Um, it's kind of the big one, tanks, but uh, but formations of enemy soldiers, as opposed to insurgents hiding by the side of the road and one-off attacks, one-off harassment attacks. Those were still happening. But at this phase in the war in early April, there were still large-scale enemy formations attacking coalition forces moving across Iraq. That's um, where Sergeant First Class uh, Paul Smith found himself on the morning of April 4th, 2003. Sergeant Smith was an in, is an engineer by trade, a combat engineer. And as his unit was moving in what would be called the Thunder Run, um, or the run to Baghdad, they they had um, picked up a lot of enemy prisoners of war, EPWs. And his unit was, and, and his company in particular was tasked with finding an area and building an area to store these prisoners. So um, to step back a little bit, the 3rd ID, 3rd Infantry Division was a uh, mechanized division that moved incredibly quickly across Iraq into Baghdad and there, I guess I'll say, I think the right way to say it is that they spearheaded a lot of the invasion um, and did and took part in many of the initial battles across Iraq. Um, generally, they moved south to north um, and in early April found themselves in the outskirts of Baghdad around an airport that was once known as Saddam International that would shortly be renamed to Baghdad International Airport. It sits um, a little bit to the, it sits west and a little south of downtown Baghdad. And it would end up being one of the most heavily defended areas in this initial push um, into Baghdad. So on April 4th, um, Sergeant Smith is tasked, his unit is tasked with building this um, prisoner detention area. They see by the side of the highway a triangular courtyard kind of mud-walled courtyard area that, that'll do the trick. They push a bulldozer through one of the walls to open up um, an entrance. Then they they have to clear the courtyard. Now, because these walls are about 10 feet tall on each side, they've got to do a little bit of a uh, security check to make sure there's not um, you know an enemy force right on the other side of the wall ready to attack. There's a gate at the far end, 
and uh, a few of, of, of Smith's soldiers move down there to um, check and make sure, you know, that there's not an enemy on the other side of the wall. Uh, there was. On the other side of the wall, there were um, the the lead elements of what would end up being 50 to 100 Republican Guard fighters, about a company-sized element, um, moving to attack um, the, the American forces, starting with Sergeant Smith's company. The Republican Guard was a unit in the Iraq military that was better equipped. It was more trusted. It came from um, people that Saddam himself and his family trusted. It was led by generals that he trusted. I, I should say this, trusted more than the average general. Um, they still had, like they would keep their armor formations away from the city because Saddam was concerned that even these generals that he trusted, his inner circle, would use those to overthrow him. So um, they're just at baseline, the trust level is pretty low. But the Republican Guard sat in a category um, receive, where they received a lot more trust, which meant a lot more money. It meant better equipment. It meant better soldiers. It meant better training, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, during the invasion, the Republican Guard units predominantly were some of the most difficult adversaries for American and coalition forces. That's who's coming up on Smith's element right now, Republican Guard forces, trained enemy soldiers. His guys start to engage the enemy. Smith begins setting in a defense. So right now they are dismounted and they're, they're engaging with their personal weapons and grenades. And, uh, and Smith calls for a, some, some vehicle support, armored support. He moves a few armored personnel carriers, APCs, um, into this area to start suppressing the enemy and provide a little bit of cover for his guys. And he calls a Bradley fighting vehicle, um, which is a, a, a you know troop carrying vehicle with some heavy weapons, um, including you know see I think they'd have a 240 machine gun and a 25 millimeter uh, cannon on the front that would really be able to help suppress some of these enemy positions. He pulls these both out the gate. You know again remember his guys are inside this courtyard and there's a gate that they looked out and the enemy was starting to pour towards. So he moves these vehicles outside the gate to start suppressing the enemy positions. There's also a tower that overlooks, it was overlooking the highway, but it also kind of peers into the courtyard and they blink and there's enemy fighters in that tower pouring down fire onto the American positions. It doesn't take long for what the, a couple things happen pretty quickly here. The Bradley runs out of ammunition and that should say something about the severity of this fighting um, and how many rounds are being expended. Runs out of ammunition, has to go back and pick up more. So the Bradley leaves the fight. Then one of the APCs is hit, uh, causing a few casualties, a couple guys wounded. Sergeant Smith starts to evacuate those guys, but their firepower, the American firepower is dwindling. Um, they start to move these wounded back to a, a treatment area, a little behind the front lines. I mean, you know, we're talking hundred yards or something, not, not far. And the Iraqi forces are, are starting to creep in. Now they see their advantage. The American firepower is at its weakest since the onset of the battle. So Sergeant Smith, recognizing he has the opportunity to either fall back and try to tie into American lines that may not be ready to receive this force of enemy attack at this specific position, decides that instead he's going to stand and fight where he can. He jumps in one of the armored personnel carriers and has the driver position it, what I will say, in the middle of the battle. 
in the middle of the firefight. And you see this over and over again with Medal of Honor citations where somebody will just about stand up and say, hey, hey, look at me. Shoot at me. Don't look at those guys. That is what Sergeant Smith does. He positions the APC right in the middle of the crossfire. He mans the 50 caliber machine gun. The 50 caliber is sitting out the top of the APC, but if you look up pictures now, you're going to see soldiers behind shields um, or in some way, shape, or form protected from enemy fire. This model of APC, armored personnel carrier, at this time in the conflict didn't have that. So Sergeant Smith is standing exposed from the hip up, manning this machine gun, starting to hammer enemy positions. For 10 minutes, he sits at this machine gun going through multiple boxes of ammunition, switching fields of fire from there's guys coming over the wall on one side, knocking those down, moves back to the gate, keeps the guys from from moving in uh, through the gate, then over to the tower, suppresses the tower, the guys that are laying down fire on his soldiers, one after the other, after the other, reload. One after the other, after the other. For over 10 minutes, Sergeant Smith is single-handedly repelling this enemy attack of upwards of 100 Iraqi soldiers. By suppressing these positions and keeping the enemy at bay, he does two things. One, he just about stops the attack in its tracks. But he also is able to suppress the Iraqi, the charging Iraqi soldiers enough to where American forces can move into assault and overtake the enemy fighters in the tower relieving a huge strain that his men were under. As the enemy retreated, as the tower is taken, and the attack dissipates, the machine gun goes silent. Sergeant Smith's men move over to the APC where they find him slumped over the 50 caliber machine gun. Having been shot 13 times, he eventually died of his wounds at the age of 33. He would be awarded the Medal of Honor shortly thereafter. I think it was a year or more later, um, which takes a little while to go through the system. But he'd be the first for the 2003 war in Iraq to receive this honor. Well, um, his son would receive the honor on his behalf. But it's the, you hear this story in World War II events, guys standing up, um, rushing to the front, holding back a charging enemy by themselves. It's not something that we've seen a lot in modern warfare. We just haven't, we haven't had that type, a lot of those types of conflicts. And for a few weeks at the beginning of the Iraq war, we did, which is why the story of Sergeant First Class Paul Smith sounds like something you'd hear from Guadalcanal or Normandy or the Battle of the Bulge. I mean, it's, 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 historic American courage. Um, it's a story that fits throughout our military history. The guy who stands up to defend his men, the guy who volunteers to um, stand in the crossfire so his guys don't have to, the guy who um, moves forward to engage the enemy so the wounded can be evacuated. Um, it's a historic story. It fits well in American military history and just an, just an incredible action to, especially after two hard weeks of fighting, it says a lot that he went through all of that. And after two to three weeks of, of 
pretty constant contact decides that this is the time he's going to stand front and center. I mean, it says something about the scope of the attack to be involved in this scale of combat, this scale of conflict moving across Iraq into Baghdad um, for him to recognize that this might be the one that overruns the American lines tells you how aggressive the Iraqi attack was. It tells you how at risk he viewed his men and the rest of the American lines, but he stood his ground. He's credited with killing upwards of 50 Republican guard fighters, which is crazy. And in turn, the attack dissipated, saving the lives of countless of his men in Bravo Company. Also, the the you know not far behind where his position was was an American aid station where they were treating wounded American soldiers. They would not have had the ability to evacuate as fast as Smith and his men. So him standing firm, manning that 50 caliber in a fully exposed position for over 10 minutes, saved the lives of untold American soldiers. And for that, very deservedly so, he'd be awarded the United States Medal of Honor. So Sergeant First Class Paul Smith, the United States Medal of Honor awarded for actions in Baghdad, Iraq, April 4th, 2003. Hey, thanks for listening to War Stories. If you get a chance, it'd mean an awful lot if you could head over to Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review. It helps others to, to find the show. But thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.